0: Hi, I'm your host, Zoe McDaniel, and you're listening to Professional Skepticism. Welcome back, my sweet little skeptics. It is Monday, August 29th, and it's like 10 o'clock at night. And this week's episode is kind of off the dome a little bit. I had a episode planned, but I was thinking about this topic all week and I was like, I have a podcast. Like I can just talk about stuff. So this week we are going to be talking about energy transference, particularly in the sex work industry, which is, you know, a lot of different things fall under that category, but my job as a stripper/slash dancer um, is what I'm going to be focusing on. And what inspired me to talk about this was I saw a post that my friend Jordan, shout out Jordan, love you, babe. She posted something on her Instagram about energy transference and like touching people. And like, I think everyone knows that. When you have sex with somebody, that's, like, an exchange of energy. And usually you can feel it. Like, if it's a good person, like, and the vibe is right, usually it's good. If it's, like, maybe you shouldn't be doing it, you might feel a little bad. Or, like, if they have a lot of stuff that they need to work on and they're harboring a lot of negative feelings and you have sex with them, you might kind of feel some of those feelings as well. I mean, it's not always the case, but, like, when you interact with people, you definitely – pick up on their moods. Like today in particular, I woke up and just like everyone I spoke to, like I was talking to Mandy, I was talking to someone else today and like they were like a little frazzled and stressed out and it like affected me. I was like, oh my gosh, like is everything okay? Like and then I started to feel frazzled and stressed out and I had to just kind of remind myself that like, you know, we all have those moments and I don't have to pick up that energy if I don't want to. So yeah, that's kind of what I I was thinking about that and I was like that's an interesting topic because I touch people at my job all the time. Like that's what I do. I dance on stage and I hug people, I give lap dances, like I I'm touching people all of the time. And as we know like your body is your temple and all that good stuff so i wanted to kind of explore this space and i guess i'm just going to be like rambling to myself but i journaled about this i journaled like 8 pages about this because i was like i don't know it just wasn't really i mean i i guess i had thought about it but it just really kind of piqued my interest so that's what we're going to be talking about today um i think where do I want to start? So touch is not everybody's cup of tea, including my own. I have always been someone who doesn't really like to be touched. And you can ask like any of my friends. I am not a cuddly person by any means. Like I'm a loving person. I love people to death. I will do anything for you, but like we don't have to touch. (laughs) And I think that stems from being a survivor of childhood and adolescent sexual abuse and also just like my family wasn't super like big on hugs or like you know we didn't like kiss each other like some families do we didn't hug so like i think that also probably stems from it i think there's a lot of things that are at play with the reason why i don't like to be touched but as an adult i have been trying to kind of change that because it sounds nice. Like, it sounds nice to be touched. Like, obviously, when I've had partners, I've been interested in cuddling and, like, you know, will touch and, like, hold hands and whatever. But even then, I'm still kind of like, okay, it's bedtime. Like, scoot over to your side of the bed before I have a panic attack. Like, I don't want your hot body on mine. And – but as I'm I've gotten older, I kind of don't want to be that way. I think what really – opened my eyes to this was obviously Mandy's my best friend she's very very cuddly and lovey and she loves to hug and her family hugs and stuff so our friendship has always been interesting like my other like really close friend Hannah we never really touched growing up like now we hug and stuff but like growing up we never touched so I think that also goes into it too because like we were best friends like all of our lives and we just didn't really touch so when Mandy and I got close I was like whoa this is so weird people always say that I give like Really light touch, it like really light hugs, and like they're like, You can give me a bigger hug. And I'm like, In my mind, I'm giving them a big hug, but it's just, I don't want to like, I don't know, I don't want to impose my body on them. So, and when I lived alone, so I had, I lived in an apartment by myself for a little over a year, and that was the first time that I was like, Wow, like I think it would be nice to experience touch in some form, like. Just casually, because I was alone. Like, I had before that, I had been living with a boyfriend. We had our own place together, and like, obviously, we like shared a bed. So, like, I always had him there, and like, he was definitely like a cuddly person. And before him, I was only single for six months and had a boyfriend of like almost five years. And like, we lived together for a good part of that. And so, I think it like hit me. I was like, oh, wow, like, I really don't touch a lot of people once I was living alone. So, That is something that I've been trying to incorporate more, like, intentional touch and, like, affectionate touch, loving touch with people that I feel are safe to do that with. So it's interesting that I would be like, okay, let me go, like, be a stripper (laughs) and, like, have to touch people for a living. I remember when I first started dancing, maybe, like, a month or two into dancing, I... Was with a customer, we were in VIP. I was just giving him a lap dance. And I remember he was very, I guess, courteous or conscious of like where his hands were. Like, he, a lot of times guys think that they can't touch you at all. And I guess it just depends on the club, but like they can like put their hands on you and stuff for the most part, like in appropriate places. And, but he had his hands like down on the couch, like intentionally not touching me. And he was like, Do you like being touched? And I'm very honest. I get that a lot. People are like, wow, you, like, just say whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not good. But in that moment, I was like, you know, I don't really like to be touched. Like, touch is not one of my love languages. And I just started, like, going into how – I mean, I didn't tell him anything crazy, but I was just like, yeah, I don't like being touched. And then he was like, why are you a stripper? And I was like, you have a point. But I don't think I'm alone on that in, like, the stripper world. Like, I think a lot of girls don't like to be touched without – like, consent, you know what I mean? But anyway, so touch is, like, one of the, like, most fundamental ways that I think humans interact. That's why, like, when baby and mama are, like, fresh, they've just met each other, it's, like, really important to have that skin-on-skin contact. It's healing. I was, like, doing a little bit of reading on this, and it looks like A lot of people point to the fact that, like, when children get hurt, they like, or their stomach hurts or their tooth hurts, they'll touch it and be like, it hurts, it hurts. And it feels good to, like, have pressure on it. Like, if you have a little cut and you put a band aid on it, like, obviously you're trying to, like, prevent it from getting stuff in it. But it also just feels good to have the pressure on it. Or, like, if you hurt yourself and, like, you go to your parent, you're like, ouch, and they, like, hold you, it, like, feels better. It's just, like, one of those things that we all can probably agree upon without even realizing is that touching can make you feel better. Then you think about things like massage therapy, cuddling, self-massage, masturbation, like all of these forms of touching are also forms of healing and um, emotional expression. And then you think of things like Reiki, and like Reiki, you don't even have to touch, and you can feel, you know, like the healing effect of it. So I think it's safe to say, like, touching is definitely healing. And so this is where I was like, all right, what does this mean for sex workers? Like, are sex workers in energetic danger, or can they be healers? And I think the answer is yes to both. And that's what I want to talk about today. I'm kind of, like, looking at my journal as I'm going, so if you hear that paper folding over. Like, I hope that was a nice little ASMR for you. So, like I said, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse um, throughout different parts of my childhood and adolescence. And my relationship with sex has been very complicated while still simple at the same time. But I think obviously that, I mean, from the Get go like before I even knew like what sex was, like that obviously has impacted me, so it's safe to say, like the relationship is intricate and interesting, and I think it is for everybody, like I think, regardless of whether you are a survivor of some sort of sexual assault or anything like that, I think everybody in our society for the most part, has a intricate, complicated relationship with sex just because of the way that society looks at it and the way that religion looks at it in particular and how it's been treated throughout history. And it's interesting because sex work is one of the oldest forms of work. I mean, we, I think I saw when I was researching prostitution dates back to at least being recorded as early as 2400 BCE. So it's safe to say like this has been an ongoing thing. I think like it's I mean, sex is basically one of the most fundamental parts of life, and it's part of what makes us human. It's like one of the most primitive and natural expressions of humanity that there is, yet we're so perturbed by it. I don't know if that's the right word. I think it is, but... There's just so many layers. So for me, sex is scary and empowering and exhilarating and gratifying and complicated. I've said that word three times, but complicated is the right word for me, I think. I think sex is an amazing example of the duality that like exists in this earthly realm that we have, like shame, guilt. Um, Badness, just in general, anything bad. And then it's also like so beautiful and divine and empowering and brings you close to people. And so it it has these two different sides to it. But I think that we're responsible for the bad side of it. I think, I don't know. I mean, we're animals. Like people are, I mean, obviously people use sex in a violent way too. So I, I think it's just up to the beholder, if you will. But I personally, I've always been a sexual person for as long as like I was consensually and consciously engaging in sexual activity. Like I've always enjoyed just being a sexual person and I like attention and I like desire. I think that a lot of people do and I think that it's hard for people to admit that and just say that. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't, like a lot of people don't want to be that way, but... I've always just felt very empowered through being sexually open and expressive and not afraid to talk about it. And so sex work has always, I mean, since I was in college has been something that I've been just drawn to naturally, which is like kind of funny. Like obviously the money is great, but it wasn't even really about that for me. I remember the first kind of sexy job that I had and I just loved that I was doing it. I was like, oh my God, like this is a side of myself that I have not been able to fully explore. My first partner and I were together for five years, like the first time I ever like engaged really in sexual activity. Um, We were together forever. And then when we broke up, I was like, I want to explore this with a lot of other people. And I did that. And... But, like, there was still something missing. I think that's why I like the kink community. And to be honest with you, I really have not even been, like, in the kink community that much these last few months. I've kind of removed myself just because I've talked about it on this podcast, but this year alone has just been crazy. I've been having a tower moment. My actual tarot card of the year is the tower. So I foresee some more tower experiences happening throughout the rest of this year for me, just because that's what's in the cards for me. But um, yeah, so I mean, I just kind of stepped away from it. But I've just always been intrigued by the taboo. And that's also why I have this podcast. So it all just kind of comes full circle. I just like, um, I like the taboo of it all. I like the hush hush. I like the adrenaline, the endorphins, like everyone, for the most part, unless you're like, you know, asexual, like you're, everyone has desires. Everyone has fantasies and i'm like why not just indulge in it like obviously safely and like you know don't involve children or anything like that like i don't think that we need to be going around like forcing sexual discussions and stuff on children even though i think children should receive much better sexual education and like it should be normalized and kids shouldn't be like ooh, sex you know what i mean but like in a safe way i don't know so what I wanted to talk about was so I, last Wednesday, I was working, and then Thursday, I woke up and was just not feeling good, like at all. Like, I, not like in a sick way. I just felt terrible. I felt awful. I actually kind of felt like after, like, I felt like I had a bad hangover, like one of my hangovers back when I was like drinking really heavily and blacking out and doing things that like I didn't even remember doing. That's kind of how I felt like emotionally. I was like, I woke up. I mean, obviously everything was fine. Like I remembered the night, like nothing happened. Nothing happened at work. It was just like, I mean, I guess obviously something happened at work energetically. That's the whole point of me having this conversation, but like nothing like happened to me that I would wake up the next day and be like, oh my God, you know? And I just felt these overwhelming feelings of anxiety and guilt and shame and, like, what am I doing? Even though, like, on the other hand, there's, like, you know, we have multiple voices in our head. We have the id. We have the ego. We have the – what's the other one? I don't know. Higher self is what I'll call it. And my higher self was, like, you're fine. Like, you know what I mean? Everything's fine. Like, you are safe. And then there was the part of me that was like panicking, which is something that I have been dealing with so much. I mean, even just talking about this on the podcast is something that a couple months ago would have freaked me out to the core. But like that's why I have this podcast. I want to be like who I am. I want to express myself the way that I am. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm talking about those things. But um Yeah, anyway, so I was just in that weird, like I was experiencing a lot of shame, internalized stigma. And I was actually talking to my friend. Ooh. I, <laughs> I was talking to my friend um, the other day and she is a sex worker and she does it like full time and she's very successful and she's very open about it. And I was just explaining to her that I have been dealing with like a lot of internalized stigma because I've been looking externally for validation in, you know, leaving my corporate safe job with benefits and all this stuff to pursue my dream of being a podcaster, being an artist, traveling the world. I mean, sex work isn't my dream, but I do feel myself constantly like wanting to do it because I I love sex. I love the adult industry. I love that expression. And so I've been struggling really hard with like accepting that fully as my identity because for so long, I always was like, I was valedictorian, like 4.0, went to school, did the things that I thought I needed to do in order to set myself up for a good life, which there's nothing wrong with that. And that is a good path to take. And like, I can always use my degree, whatever. But it wasn't what I wanted to do. It was what I thought I should do. And it was what I kind of needed to do as like a survival technique, whatever, like to get where I needed to go. But all the while i was doing all that i still had this like crazy artistic side this side of me that never thought i would go to college this side of me that wants to go live off the grid and like live off the land and just you know really connect with the earth and like people and just not live by society's standards and so you know whatever i'm doing that now i'm like following my dreams i'm like doing the things that i want to do and i'm making it work and i'm very happy but it's there's still a part of me that's like this isn't what society wants me to do. And I saw this, I don't know what it was. I think I might have been reading my, I don't remember what it was, but this message came to me. I guess I was reading my tarot or like was reading a book or something that was like, why are you trying so hard? Like the message was basically, why are you trying so hard to fit into society standards, be accepted by society when you were never meant to, like you were meant to follow your own path. You're not meant to fit in, you're meant to stand out, be a star, set an example. And so this has been, these past couple of weeks have been really transformative for me because I feel like I'm starting to let go of that part of me. But anyways, I'm going on all these tangents, but the point was that I woke up last Thursday feeling all those negative feelings like compounded, like for no reason, basically. When I know that, like, I have to accept myself, I don't need anyone else's opinion, like, I know deep in my core, like, how I feel about what I'm doing. And so why was I, like, in this headspace of doubt and whatever? I kind of came to this conclusion that, like, self-care is important, but when you're a sex worker, it's even more important. And that's another theme in the kink community. You have to have aftercare. You have to know what you need in order to replenish yourself if you're going to be partaking in specific activities that require a lot out of you mentally and physically. And like, this isn't an everyday thing for me. I don't wake up everyday feeling that way. I mean, I worked this weekend and I woke up Saturday and Sunday feeling great doing lots of things on top of the world, like making art, having family over like connecting with people I love. So this isn't an all the time thing, but it just is interesting. And I was, I've was i been trying to kind of Understand what the pattern is. Like, why do I wake up one day feeling terrible and I wake up the next day feeling amazing? And I think it goes back to that self care thing. I think it goes back to me going into work, not being mentally, physically, energetically, spiritually prepared to be around people that I'm going to transfer energy with. So we've come full circle back to that. Like, I've had nights where I leave work feeling on top of the world. I'm like, oh, this was great. I had great clients. Like, everyone was awesome. I feel like I did good. I feel like people treated me good. And then I've had nights where I'm like struggling to pick up my dance bag and like leave the club. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so tired. I feel like shit." And I would like to think that I'm a emotionally intelligent person that I can pick up on energies, that I'm intuitive. And I think that a part of the human experience is just understanding that we can't always be that way. Like we can't always 100% be these like spiritual superhumans that can pick up on every single thing. And the part about sex work that's intriguing to me is that it does require that you exercise those skills every single shift. And that doesn't mean that you're going to do it perfectly every single shift either. But like it is constantly a test of are you listening to your intuition? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you on top of it? And it's, it really is energy work. It's energetic work. I think on top of that, another part of the human experience is having to accept that we don't always know why things happen or when they're going to happen. And what I mean by that is, so for example, think about like a true crime podcast where they're talking about a missing person or a brutally murdered person if the podcast or the show or whatever you're watching or listening to is doing their due diligence they're probably going to tell you a lot about the person that they're speaking about the missing person the murdered person and they'll be telling you about like their life and like all the things that they did and like what their family and friends thought of them and the impact that they had on people and Their goals and dreams and all that stuff. And it seems like every time it's always, like, the most amazing person ever. It's, like, literally an earth angel. They were, like, going to grow up and, like, cure cancer. And they made everyone feel super safe and loved all the time. And then you hear, like, this awful, like, creature of a human comes and murders them or abducts them or whatever the fuck. And if you're like me, you're like, what the fuck? Like, how... How does this make sense? Because we always hear that stupid saying, like, your vibe attracts your tribe. And like, I think that for the most part, that's true. Like, you know, you're you're the compilation of the five people you hang out with the most. Like, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's true. Like, you're you are a reflection, the people that are around you, all that, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a good person, you probably have good people in your life. If you're a bad person, you're probably hanging out with shitty people. Like, it's just common sense. But like, why are these amazing people? being murdered and taken and just taken advantage of and assaulted. And it just makes you wonder, it's like, why does that happen to good people? Or like when somebody young and awesome and amazing dies in like a freak accident, like a car accident, everyone's like, why? Like, why do the good die young? Like, why? And so I think that that's something that I think about a lot too. It's like, you can do so much to be on top of things and like be a good person and like be aware of how people are treating you and the environments that you're in. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be like something that's out of your control that like it might take years or like lifetimes to understand the message, the meaning behind it, like why it happened. Like I think about all the time, Jarek, like my brother, he's not actually my brother, but basically my brother, Jarek, like he was there when both of my brothers died. Well, he was there when one of them died and he found the other one. And like, Hannah and I were talking about this, and we were like, what is the lesson? Like, literally, what is the lesson? What is he supposed to, like, gain from that? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, we learn from suffering, but, like, Jesus Christ. Like, that's traumatizing and just terrible and unfair, and I hate that. So that is something that I, like, think about all the time when I'm working. I'm like, okay, I can usually spot people that I shouldn't be interacting with, but, like, You never fucking know what's going to happen. And people all the time are like, Do you feel safe here? Like, why do you work in this job that's like unsafe? And I'm like, At this point, everywhere is unsafe. Children get killed at school. Like, old people can't go to the grocery store and grocery shop without being murdered. Like, it's crazy. So, I mean, yes, I'm in an environment that is a little bit more unsafe than, say, a grocery store or an elementary school, but. I mean, it's all relative and it just goes back to having to practice these skills that sex work forces you to practice, that being a human means that you can't ever get it completely perfect, but that's the point of life, yada, yada, yada. So back to the actual work of it. So like I've had customers that are like amazing. I think for the most part, knock on wood, I have had some truly amazing customers that are just genuine awesome people. Because that's the um, like beautiful thing about the strip club is like everyone goes in there. I mean not everyone, but like a wide variety of people go to the strip club. It's like just going to the club, like you're going to meet anyone and everyone. Like everyone's gone out like one night in their life. So it's like there's always so many types of people coming in there. And that was something that I didn't really even take into consideration when I started. I was like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm meeting the best people." I've had people be like you are literally magical. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding, kind of. But like I've had people that are genuinely so nice that I've like literally had amazing conversations with people that are like incredibly selfless, that make me feel really good about myself. I make them feel really good about themselves. And then I've had customers that like disregard me, disrespect me, the other night, oh, my God, this was so funny. There was, like, these three – they had to – they looked like babies. Like, they had to be, like, 18. But I walked up – they walked in, and I was, like, hey, like, what's up? And they were, like, hey, like, where are the bad bitches at? And I was, like, cool. And that's just, like, a tame version of being rejected at the club. But, like, I I don't know. I just thought that was funny. So not everyone is going to like me or, like, I'm not going to fit their, like, what they're looking for. But I think, like, when I have those good customers, those good interactions, like, I feel like I'm feel like i teaching people that there is substance behind the sex worker. Like, I think a lot of people go to the strip club for a lot of different reasons, and that's, like I said, one of the beautiful things about it. People go there for so many different reasons. People go there because in their everyday life, they – don't have the confidence to speak to a woman that they are interested in or like they maybe they don't get any attention or maybe their wife died and they're not ready to get back out on the market but it's more comfortable for them to go to the strip club or like there's so many different reasons why people go to the strip club and it's I really like it because it creates a safe space for those people to feel a little bit normal, to like get a little bit of attention. And I mean, obviously there's people in there like throwing bands and partying and all that shit. But like, it's also like a safe space for people. So I try to approach it this way. I try to make it more than it than just like shaking ass and like being sexy, which is a lot of it. Like that is A lot of the reason why people go there, but I try to make it like I mean, I have to take care of myself. So I have to take into consideration that there's lots of people there that are not going to have my best interests at heart. So I have to like try to make the experience as meaningful and purposeful for me as I can while also making all the money that I can so that I can travel and do this podcast and make my art. Sometimes when I provide a service, I'm very engaged. Like, I'm not necessarily – and when I say a service, like, let me clarify. What I mean is I give a lap dance, okay? So I am not necessarily turned on or, like, aroused. I mean, I guess it's, like, a possibility, like, if the right person was there. But mostly what I'm experiencing, if it's, like, a good customer, like, one of the people that I mentioned a bit ago where I was like, I have great customers. We have good connections. Mostly it's a connection to another human. I'm sitting there connecting with them. We experience each other. The outside world doesn't matter because like inside the walls of the club, we are all created equal. We are all looking for something. We're all giving and receiving. I meet people that I would never interact with. Like I sat down the other night with, I literally gave a dance to like a 79 year old man and never in my life would I have gone up and, like, talked to this man outside of the club? You know what I mean? Like, if I was just, like, walking down the street. Yeah, we had, like, such an amazing conversation. He was like, I have never just sat down and talked to a 23-year-old like this and, like, actually, like, felt like I was, you know, gaining something from the conversation, like, it having, like, a substantial conversation. And I was like, I feel the same way. Like, I would have never walked up to you. Like, this was a – like, we just had, like, a great human connection talking to each other that we would have never had if we had not been in the club. I have customers who teach me new things, who share valuable insight with me and leave me wondering like how they're doing months down the line. Like I had one customer who we were talking about plants and he was like, you should put like a bunch of plants in your bedroom. You'll sleep so much better. You won't feel stuffy. Like you will literally notice a difference. I've had customers give me suggestions, like holistic suggestions for my chronic migraines. I've had customers like really support my art. Like when I show them my art, they're like, "Holy shit, can you please make an Etsy because I want to buy your art, like all sorts of stuff." It's really wholesome most of the time. Not always the case. Like sometimes I have customers that definitely like hit a nerve for me, like customers who aren't used to being told no, but I tell them anyway and like I've had customers that like they don't want to pay me the price of a dance. They're like, "No, I want to pay the house minimum. I'm not going to pay you that." And I'm like, "Okay," Maybe it's like dead in the club and there's no one in there and I need to make money. And it's like, well, okay, like, do I want to take the money? Like, do I want to lower what I would normally charge and take the money just to make the money? Or am I willing to stay at what I normally charge and turn this client down? Like, it's it's a perfect way to practice my boundaries. It also helps me practice communicating my needs, communicating my worth, I get to practice my negotiation skills, my time management skills, like how long am I going to sit here and barter with this customer? Is it even worth going through this experience? I learn how much energy to exert depending on the quality of the customer's energy when they're interacting with me. It's very interesting. Some customers reject me. Some customers will really test my patience. Some customers teach me to overcome my insecurities and like to disregard words and perspectives that do not serve me because I have people, like I am not everyone's type. People don't like my tattoos. People tell me that all the time. People don't like my hair. Like I am very much a specific type and not everyone is into that type. And so that was something that you have to get used to. And it's like really interesting to me because for some reason, this is so much easier for me to stomach in person than online. Like people might comment on like my TikTok and leave like a mean comment. The other day, somebody commented on my TikTok and they were like, usually only cute people do that, but good for you. And I was like, oh, like, excuse me. So I blocked them and I was like, so buttered about it. But like, if somebody said that to me in the club, which they do, I'm just like, excuse you. Like, I don't give a shit. And I like exert my dominance and leave. Another thing that I get a lot of is people trying to take me out of the dance world. They're like, oh, honey, like, how did you get here? Like, come work for me. You'll make so much money. I'm like, I actively put myself here because it's 2022 and I can do that. And I have a degree and like, I'm very fucking smart and I actively chose to live this lifestyle and I can actively choose to get myself out of it. Thank you very much. So having to be able to listen to people like shoot down my dreams basically has been something that I've had to learn. Um, it's, It's all character building really. Like just learning not to take things to heart, learning to internally validate myself and not look for it externally. Like obviously I get a lot of validation at work, like obviously people are into me and I make money. Like I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't making money and like didn't have good customers. But the bad ones are just I feel like another lesson of like you know, each one has their own lesson, I guess. It just depends on what makes them necessarily a bad customer. And maybe they're not even a bad customer. Maybe they're just not the right customer for me. And that's the thing, too, about the strip club. It's like, if you treat me well, but I'm not your type, I'll, like, put you on to, like, a girl that you might be better with. You know what I mean? So maybe it's just I'm not the right fit for them. Like I said, I'm not everyone's type. Maybe they're not my type. So the touching, I guess. Like, I've had experiences where, like, I give a dance. Like I said, I'm, like, very much into the, the connection. Like, we had a good conversation before the dance happened. I feel good doing the dance so I do a good job at the dance like I like go all out I like pull out all the bells and whistles and I like put on a good show and we're all like yay this was so fun I get the money they get the dance we're all super happy and then I've had dances where like this is the weird ones where like the conversation's great and then they're being super respectful and then we get back there and they're like inappropriate they cross my boundaries like I have rules that I tell them when we start the dance like you cannot touch me here 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 you cannot put your mouth on me you cannot do this this and this And then if they still do it anyways, it's like, okay, well, like, am I going to stop the dance or like, you know what I mean? So sometimes I'll be like giving a dance and if they're not necessarily like something that's like a complete violation where I would stop the dance, if it's just them being annoying, I'm like, all right, like, I'm not going to give you like the super awesome show. Like you're not getting like the splits and the backflips and shit. Like you're not getting all that. You're just going to get like a very basic lab dance and then we're going to end it and I'm going to get my money and I'm going to leave. And then I've had times where, like, I'm giving someone a dance and they're, like, literally annoying the shit out of me, like, pissing me off. Like, I'll have to sit there and be like, okay, I'm not going to let this ruin my night. I had one night where I gave, I was going to give this man a dance and he wanted, like, he wanted t- literally 10 dances for me. So I asked for the money up front because that's a lot of money. And I'm not doing 10 dances without getting the money because if you don't pay me, then I just did 10 dances. I have to pay the house 10 however much each dance costs like i have to pay them regardless i have to pay them anytime i dance but i have to pay them and if you don't pay me then that's just money out of my pocket so i asked him for the money up front and he got all upset and it like was the fir- this was like the first time this ever happened when i first started dancing and it like put me off so bad like i had to go like sit down and like meditate in the locker room because i was like feeling like i was going to cry and like he was like i mean he had been like touching up on me and stuff he was just being super Inappropriate and it really like put me off. And so, like, I've had times like that where I really have to like collect myself and be like, I'm not about to let this man with like low vibrations ruin my night and affect me because then it's going to affect all the money I make. It's going to affect all the connections I have with everyone else in the club. And then I'm going to wake up tomorrow feeling like shit. That's the theme. When I go into work, am I in a good enough headspace to be able to pull myself back together if somebody crosses a line with me? And I think that's where the energy transference comes into play. Like, I've noticed if I'm operating at an energetic deficit before I go into work, like if I'm already kind of like, ugh, I'm tired, like, I'm sleepy. I don't really feel like going to work, but I have to go to work because I would need to make money. And like I told people I would be there tonight. If I'm operating at that energy deficit, then the customer's energy I feel like is going to transfer to me. And this isn't always a bad thing. Like if they're a good customer and they're like giving me good vibes and hyping me up and they're like, oh, I'm in love with you, then like, That's good energy to receive. Like, that's cool. But if it's like, I'm not feeling great, and then there's like some douchey guy in there, I'm going to pick up on that bad energy, and it's going to stank up my whole, like, aura or whatever. But like, if my battery is fully charged, like, I slept good, I stretched, I ate some good food, I did some self-care, I did whatever I needed to get done for the day, then, like, I can go in and I can offer my energy in a healing way. So that's what I'm coming back to. Like, at the beginning, I had mentioned are sex workers energetically endangered or are they energetic healers? I think it just depends on how well we've taken care of ourselves. Like, Because if I'm in a good mood and I'm ready to work, I can change someone's whole day. Like, I've seen guys in there look sad as fuck. I go up, I give them that confidence boost. We have a great time. I transfer energy. It's a service to the community. I help people express themselves sexually. I create a fun, safe space to do that. I validate them. I indulge them. I make them feel like they're not weird. Like we have a whole experience. And when the intentions are pure, we have a synergy. So I think I was thinking about this last Wednesday when I worked, I met somebody at my job. It was a client and that was the first time we'd ever met and I liked him. I was like, okay, the vibes are cool gave him some dances. The dances were a little, um, he was a little, he was starting to annoy me a little bit. And then the next morning, that was when I woke up feeling bad. And I had a dream. He was like, let me see you outside of work. This was, this is what he actually said. This wasn't the dream. And I'm, I, that's a rule I have. I'm like, I don't meet people outside of work, but I was like, I don't know. Like, I guess I was like in my brain, like considering it. And then I dreamt that night. And it was like, he was just in my dream. And my intuition was like, that's a dangerous man. Like he appears to be nice, but that's a dangerous man. And like immediately I'm like, oh my God, is he a pimp? Like what's going on? And so I'm going to just trust that intuition. Like if I see him at the club again, I'm probably not going to interact with him. And that goes back to another story about me going to the club. So like a an- A big thing that dancers always say is like, do not go to work if you have any sort of feeling like you shouldn't go to work or if like you're just something's off, don't go. Because like I might have talked about it on the podcast, but I got into a car accident when I was going to work one night because I told my friends I was going to be there. They wanted to come see me. They wanted to come support me. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. And then like throughout the day, I was like, I kind of don't want to go to work tonight. Like I'm not feeling it. But this was right after I had quit my corporate job and it was a Friday night and I was like, I got to work. Like I just quit my job. So I persevered and I went and literally like right outside of the club, somebody crashed into my car, caused like $6,000 worth of damage, which I didn't have to pay for. It was their fault. But my car was in the shop for like two or three weeks and like I was without a car. I didn't have money. Like it just sucked. And so... I think that's, like, a very good indicator of, like, you need to fucking listen to your gut. You need to be checked in with yourself in order to make sure that you're not receiving energy that you do not want to receive. I think that, like, you have a choice in that. I think, like I said earlier, like, sometimes things happen that are outside of our control. But if you practice self-care and checking in with yourself and your emotional and intuitive skills, then for the most part, you can be in control of how that situation goes. Like you need to have things in place to prevent stuff. And like, what are you going to do if someone crosses a line? I have always had a light in me. I think I've got something to offer to this world. And I don't think that everything is necessarily like polarized, evil or good. Like I know a lot of religions might make it seem like that is the case and society. Like, I think that there are definitely some evil people in this world, and there are definitely some good people, but I think that everybody has the opposite in them. Like, you might be, like, the most evil person on this planet, but you still have the potential to be a good person. So when talking about sex work, the adult industry, it is typically looked at as a dark industry, and I think that has the power to destroy people, like, people all the time on TikTok. Oh my god, like strip talk is crazy if you know if you've ever seen it like a lot of it is like girls flashing their money doing a lot of pull tricks like showing the glamorized parts of it and there are really fun parts of it like it's fun if you like dancing and you're athletic and you like making quick money you like having your own schedule all of that like that's fucking awesome but there are also bad sides to it too but like it was so crazy because last week when I woke up not feeling good. I went on TikTok and like, I had like five videos in a row of like all the negative shit happening to girls at the strip club. It was like girls, there was this one video of this girl and she was like holding $10,000 in her hands on TikTok, which I never understand like flexing huge bands on social media. Like I understand like, why not? Like talk about your money. That's fine. Like who gives a shit? This is a like money driven world. Talk about your money. But like, I don't know, something about showing like pictures of like, thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, I've even done it. I've shown a picture of me like holding like $1,000 one time. And I was like, Oh, uh, I should delete that. But it was a video of her holding $10,000. And then the, it was like, me thinking about the $10,000 I earned. And then it was like, I'm disgusted how I earned it. And I'm like, why did you make this TikTok? Like, I guess that's her truth. And it's like, not my place to like, tell her not to post that. And, like, all the comments were, like, oh, my God, like, this is a soul-eating industry, like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm, like, first of all, I don't – I think if that's how you feel about it, don't go into it. Like, don't do it. Unless, obviously, I understand that people do it because they have to. You know, this is a privilege thing. Like, I am totally aware that I am, like, privileged in being able to just go and dance. But, like, sometimes I'm just it's, – it's a very emotionally intense industry. So I don't know. I think that it can, like people say, like it can destroy you. It can be like a soul sucker if you let it. I think it also has the capability to be incredibly healing and empowering. Some of the dancers that I dance with are like the most amazing people I have ever met. Like some of the kindest, smartest, coolest people have done some of the coolest things. Beautiful souls inside and out all bad asses. Like, I think it's so cool. And male strippers. I've met male strippers who come to the strip club and like make it rain on us because it's just like a whole, it's like a family that you have. I mean, not everybody's going to be your family. Like my rule is like, don't talk to people unless they talk to you because you never know what's going to happen. Like there's definitely some bad seeds in the club, but like at the end of the day, they're everywhere. You just have to be on your A game. It's really just like, raw-dogging life to the fucking extreme is what I will explain it like. Right now, it's working for me. Right now, this is where my journey has led me to. And, you know, I'll outgrow it one day. I'll be doing something else. I'll be, hopefully, full-time podcasting and making art and traveling. And maybe that won't even be my path. Maybe in, like, two years I'll be like, nope, bye podcast. I'm going to do something completely different Because that's how I am. I feel like that's how I've always been. I try something for a couple years. I'm like, all right, on to the next thing. But right now, that's where I'm at. And so I think, like, in conclusion, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm learning to take care of myself in a way that I never have by, in a way, taking care of other people. I hope this made sense. I have been rambling. I'm trying to think if I have, like, a conclusion (laughs) on what I feel but I think I don't want to just say the same thing 10 times. I think that's it. If I have any friends who are strippers or sex workers of other extremes or other avenues, I don't know why I said extremes, um, let me know what you guys think about this because I'm just always interested to hear people's perspectives um, on these kinds of things, energy transference. It's very interesting. Um, With that, let's wrap it up. please. Follow me at Prof. Podcast. That's at P-R-O-F-S-K-E-P podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can email me at professional podcast at gmail.com. I'm working on getting the website up. It should be com. I don't know if you guys can see it yet. I don't think I've published it, but if any of my listeners are like fluent in WordPress, um and I'm being serious, like serious inquiries only. Or I guess serious offers only. Like if anybody can actually help me with WordPress, that would be super helpful. Aside from that, f- uh become a su- become a subscriber on Patreon. That's at patreon.com forward slash profskep podcast. There are four tiers ranging from three to fifteen dollars. I have the AMA up um through the 31st, and then on the first I'll answer them and like put up the new AMA and I'll put out some new polls. I've got some behind the scenes stuff in progress. And then also follow my art page at littlezipperart on Instagram. Other than that, I will wrap it up here. I love you guys so much. Stay sus skeptics. Mwah.